Hello and welcome to the Raw Leadership Podcast with me, Steve Barker. My goal is to help you increase your skills and reputation as a leader, to increase your ability to connect and influence with others, and increase your ability to be the very best leader you can be, particularly in this time of change that is happening in leadership right now. As we get started today, I encourage you to visit my leadership website, www.stevebarker.com.au or my Facebook group, Audacious Leadership, where you will find heaps more resources, insights and strategies that will help you to continue to grow your leadership skills. G'day and welcome to episode 32 of the Raw Leadership Podcast with me, Steve Barker. How are you? Here we are into episode three, or what what do I call it? Recording number three, module number three, whatever you want to call it, of the four-part thing about the five things that leaders do well and the four ways in which they do them. (laughs) So the five things, let's recap. The five things that leaders do really well is they challenge the process. They're curious. They ask, how, why, who's doing it better? How can we do it better? Is there a better way of doing it? It's not being a pain in the ass and not being difficult. It's just that that's what leaders do naturally. They're always looking for ways to enhance and improve. They're also very good at sharing their vision, empowering and enabling others to act. They do this through modeling the way. Leaders, you know, the great leaders in the world model. They they show the way. They they demonstrate it in a very clear way. And one of the greatest attributes of all leaders is they encourage others to success they encourage others to be part or be bigger than themselves to unlock their hidden potential to grow and develop you know a leader should always be growing other leaders around them that's the whole process of leadership you know you should you as a leader you you should get to the point where you've almost pretty much done yourself out of a job and you've grown other leaders around you so that they can take on the mantle which empowers you then to be able to go away and create more leaders to be great at what you're doing so in Part one of this, we spoke about how leaders choose, how they create vision, how they choose the people around them, how they share that vision, how they get their their think tank up and running. Then what we started to look at in the second one was how leaders um, create. Leaders create uh, confidence, they create catalysts for ideas, they create strategies, and they create options. So leaders are the creators. And here we are on module part three, which is where leaders convince. This is how they do those five things really well. They are able to convince. And the the first person, who do you think the first person is that a leader needs to convince? Just ponder that for a moment. Who do you think a leader needs to convince first? Just let you think on that one. Well, it's themselves. I know it sounds a bit arrogant, a bit wanky, but we need to convince ourselves as leaders that we are good enough to lead other people. And this is where so many leaders fall down, that lack of self-confidence. And I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about confidence. I'm talking about recognizing their own skills to be able to understand what makes them a great leader. We need to lead ourselves before we lead others. So 
there's four things that we want to, to focus in on, and this will help us to build that confidence around our leadership skills, to be able to convince ourselves that we're a leader. You know, have you, before we get into those four things, have you ever worked with someone or for someone? Not that I like that phrase. Worked alongside or, or within a team that's being led by somebody who doesn't believe in themselves? Or have you ever been to a training or an event where somebody's public speaking and they say, oh, please excuse me, I'm not very good at this. Oh, all of a sudden you're like, oh, God, here we go. Here we go. This is going to be crap. Yeah, because they don't believe in themselves. They've got no confidence. So we need to convince ourselves. So we can ask ourselves, what is my giftedness? What is it that I do well? What's what's a couple of good things that I do really well as a leader. You can ask yourself, why am I doing this? What's my mission? What am I to do? What is my role right now in this team, in this organization, in this community, in this group? What's my mission? What am I to do? Because when we get very clear on what it is that we're to do, you know, we, 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 we can start to see more. We see the bigger picture opening up in front of us. As I mentioned, I think it was in the previous podcast. You know, I've, I've been able to, I've had the, the, the grace of being able to work out what I think. And it is only my thoughts, my own personal opinion of my purpose on this planet. Why am I here? What is my role? Well, I've, oh, you know, I'm now 52 years old. Yeah, I know. Thanks very much. Yeah, I don't look it. <laughs> had a hard paper round um but when i was a very young fella and i mentioned this yeah i was a boy scout and i i used to enjoy helping people i i enjoyed it and then i became an air cadet and whilst i was an air cadet i did the group of Edinburgh, duke of edinburgh award and one of the things there was community service and i really enjoyed helping communities then i joined the air force i served my country for 26 years then I had a few years of bouncing around in the civil sector trying to work out where I was supposed to be going. I didn't feel like I fitted in anywhere. But then I started volunteering. I, I helped at the local juvenile justice centre as a mentor. I worked as a youth worker. And then eventually I stumbled across coaching. All of those things, the Boy Scouts, the Air Cadets, the Air Force, you know, volunteering at the juvenile justice centre, being a youth worker, I was serving other people. I believe my mission on this planet is to serve other people, to help other people to unlock their own potential. I don't know. I've got a very good knack. People often tell me of being able to make the complex easy, to be able to understand it. And I think this is my gift. And my mission is to now go and share that so that other people can start to unlock their complex behaviors. And work out how they can use them to their advantage and the greater good for everybody else. So, you know, that then brings us to the third element. So what we've already had, what's my giftedness? What do I do well? What's my mission? What am I to do? The, you know, then we come to the mission includes others. It's got to include other people. It can't be just about yourself. Otherwise, you're not a leader. What do we do together? How do we grow other people around us? What do we do together? Because ultimately, then the, all of that gives you the significance, which is the why do we do what we do? And this is how you can build the confidence in yourself. You can convince yourself you know, that you're a leader because once you've answered these four questions and you've been totally honest and truthful, then you really know that you have 
the ability to be able to lead other people. So the first person that we need to convince is ourself. The second person we need to be able to convince is our team, the people around us. And one of the biggest things I often use is for the greater good. You can go alone or you can go together as a team. If you want to go alone, that's fast. That's great, but it's very lonely. But if we go together as a team, we're going to enjoy the journey together. We're going to be effective. We're going to have fun and it's going to be for the greater good. So what's best for the team is best for the individual and trying to convince the team that, you know, that's the hard thing. So we want to be able to show them the big picture. And sometimes, and this comes again, I, I talk about DISC because DISC is such a powerful tool. If you are a leader, I highly recommend you get to understand DISC. Go and find yourself a DISC um, facilitator, trainer who can help you. Yeah, if, you, if you struggle to find one, I'm a DISC facilitator. I'm not saying that you have to come and work with me at all. I'm just saying go and find someone who can help you with it. Because what we what we have is we've got two definitive types of people in DISC. We've got the big pictures and we've got the small picture, the detail-orientated people. Now, if you start to share the big picture with detail-orientated people, you're going to lose them straight away. They'll be like, too, too much. I, li I like the detail. So what we've got to do is we've got to define who it is that we're talking to. What's their preferred energy type? Are they a big picture thinker? Are they a D or an I? Or are they a small detail picture thinker, which is the S or the C? Because if they're an S or C, we have to start with the details and build up to the bigger picture. Otherwise, if they're a D or an I, we can start with a big picture and fill in the blanks as we go along. But when we can start to help them see the big picture and how it's going to serve them, then they start to serve the team more quickly because they start to understand their role within the big picture, within the job, within the task. You know, again, I, I ask you, have you ever been involved in a, in a job or a, a, a project or a tasking and you've been told to do it? And then you ask, why, why, why am I doing this or why are we doing this? And they go, look, mate, just get it done. It's part of the job. You don't need to know the details. Yeah, I know I've done that. And I'm like, oh, right, OK, well, that's hardly inspiring me to do it. But when I've known a big picture, when I know the, the reason that I'm doing this, how it fits in, as much as it might only be one percent of the entire project, I'm like, oh, OK, well, this is important. This is, this is I need to do this. So what we can start to see then is when they see the big picture, they start to serve the team more quickly. So the commitment is worth the mission. The growth is essential. And there's also then we start to build in respect for each other because when everybody sees the big picture they see the role of each other within the big picture the growth and the respect starts to happen now everyone has a right to speak but you have to have the right to be heard and again this comes from respect and knowing the big picture and working out where we fit into the overall scheme of things and i'm not saying that <coughs> Anyone has less of a voice because you've only got 1% of the job. If your 1% isn't done, the job doesn't get done. Yeah. So everybody's got the right to see, speak, but you have to earn a right to be heard. And the way that you earn that right is by helping other people, committing to the mission, helping other people with their elements, completing your element on time, doing the utmost you can to go on and support those around you. So once we've convinced ourselves that we're leaders, then we convince the team. The next element of this, and this really does come down now to sort of like the external part. 
Who are we serving? You know, the customer, the client, our community, whoever it is. Because ultimately, if we can convince the um, the people that we're serving, then they become our biggest, biggest sort of number one fan. They rave about us and they will go off and tell other people, you know. So as leaders, we want to convince the customers that we know you, that we value you, that we serve you and that we deserve you. And I think this is a beautiful phrase. You know, we know you, we value you, we serve you and we deserve you. We deserve your business. We deserve to serve you. You know, I think when we can do that with our clients, with our customers, with our communities that we serve and they realize it, then they suddenly go, wow, you know, this person is the person that I want to go back to over and over and over again. You know, I, I often run again, I come back to disc because disc, disc is such a powerful tool. You can use it in so many different ways. But I, I did this with a um, a car salesman and he went on to share it with his car sales team. And, you know, the car sales team now recognize never to ask, do you want to buy a car? Never do that. It's the shittest way to sell cars. Yeah. What they want to say is tell me about who's going to be using the car. Tell me about you. What do you want from the car? What sort of car is it you're looking for? How does it need to be used? Who's going to be using it? Who's in the car? You know, who who do we need to include in this decision? Have you got kids? Great, bring them along. Why don't you bring them in on Saturday? We'll get the technicians to fit the car seats so you know they're perfectly safe. And then the kids can test drive the car because they're going to spend as much time in it as you are. Yeah, this is the we know you part of it. We value you because I'm not going to sell you a car unless you want to buy a car. You, know, you don't have to buy a car from us. You can buy a car from any other garage in town. There's loads of dealerships in town. You know, I, I encourage you, go around, have a look, work out which car's going to best suit you, suit you and your family. You know, the reason why I'm saying this is because I value you as an individual, as a human being. I would hate to be sold you know, something that I didn't really want. And as a salesperson, that would be totally irresponsible of me to do that anyway. So because I value you, I want to serve you. So I'm encouraging you, please go out and have a look around, try all different cars out. And if this is the one that suits you, then, you know, we deserve your business because we've looked after you. We've given you the right advice and we would love to be able to serve you again. Bingo. Once they were able to buy into that, their sales went through the roof. Why? Because most people who are buying a car you know, when we look again, we come back to disc and we look at the the, the, the the statistics around it. The S and the C, they make up 80 percent of the population. They hate to be sold. They hate to be um, asked to make a choice there and then. They hate pushy salespeople. So knowing this, we can now be as a leader, we can convince our team that our customers know best and that they can make their own decisions. We don't need to force them. We don't need to um, you know, cause them hard times. We can just allow them to make their decisions as and when they wish to. So what we start to see here is that you know, leaders convince. Leaders convince themselves that they can lead. And that's number one. We've got to start there. You know, we ask ourselves, what do I do well? What am I to do? What do we do together? And why do we do what we do? 
Because then we can convince the team. We can convince the team that the bigger picture will help them to be more effective once they see the bigger picture because they will know their role within it and their responsibilities. That, in turn, promotes growth and respect. And then finally, to convince the external party. Who do we serve? The client, the customer, the community. You know, in that final phrase, I'm going to repeat it because I love it so much. We know you, we value you, we serve you, and we deserve you. I think that's a beautiful way to be able to look at things. All right, I'm going to be back in a couple of weeks' time, but I would love to hear your thoughts on this. How how do you feel leaders convince? Is there anything in here that you could have a look at? Maybe it's you're struggling with convincing yourself. Have a look back at those four questions. You know, what's your giftedness? What's your mission? Does your mission include others? And does your mission provide significance? Maybe you're struggling with convincing the team. Maybe you're struggling convincing your clients, your customers, or the people that you serve. And again, when it comes to this sort of thing, I I found DISC invaluable. So, you know, go and have a look at it. See if you can understand it. If you get stuck, hit me up. I'd love to hear your thoughts. All right. Until we chat again in a couple of weeks time where we will be coming back for the final part of this four part episode. We're going to be looking at leaders cause. What do leaders actually cause? All right. So until then, wherever you are in the world, whatever you're up to, stay safe and we will speak again soon. Tiro. Thank you for joining me for this latest episode of the Raw Leadership Podcast. And if you're enjoying the content that I'm sharing, and if you are curious about how you can reach the next level in your leadership quickly, then perhaps you may want to connect with me to discuss what I do as a leadership coach and how I've already helped thousands of other leaders level up quicker than those around them and get that advantage that so many people are looking for. If you are interested in this, email me at steve at stevebarker.com.au or you can go to my website, stevebarker.com.au and you can message me from there. I look forward to hearing from you and I'm looking forward as well to continuing to share even more valuable content, insights in the next episode of the Raw Leadership Podcast. So until then, take care and we'll speak again soon. Toodaloo.